That's Nine Inch Nails, man. Discipline on 100.3. The X rocks. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. 7.50 in the a.m. and Monday night, man. That's when it's all going down. It's going to be a fantastic concert. Nine Inch Nails at the Idaho Center. Tickets are on sale right now. Grab them, please. Go to xrock.com. Any one of the locations that you can get your ticket web stuff, you can want to get those tickets to Nine Inch Nails because it's going to be a great show. And we're honored because uh, Trent Reznor is a gentleman that does not do a lot of interviews. He uh, He's kind of on the quiet side, and uh, he wants people to show up on Monday, and quite frankly, I don't blame him. So let's welcome uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails into the show. Good morning, Trent, and uh, how's the tour going, man? Going and going and going and going. We're just uh, making our way across 16-hour drives across Rural Canada. <laughs> what do you What do you do with your time on the bus, Trent? Find any possible way to pass it. <laughs> Does that include playing video games and watching TV or anything and specific? We're on a TV series watching Kick. Just try to muscle through an entire year in one tri- in one drive. Oh, uh, what are you watching? Let's see, what haven't we watched? We've <laughs> been watching Fringe and Dexter, Heroes, Shield, you name it. Oh, nice, man. See, you're right up my alley at the TV shows. I just I just picked up the Fall Guy season one on DVD. I'd be happy to let you borrow it. You know, when I come by. Nothing better than some Lee Majors, man. <laughs> so we've uh, we've seen the video, man, of all the uh, all the great little uh, visual stuff you bring with you. So how many like buses are you driving across rural Canada right now? Like seven? Uh, enough that it makes sure it ensures that I make no money on this tour. So <laughs> however many that is, that's how many we have. <laughs> I suppose it's a whole different world now with you on your own, huh? Yeah, I mean it's it's great not having the bureaucracy of a record label because these guys, these clowns have no idea, no idea what they're doing, and it's great to be away from that. But it is. Uh, you know, you're in thin ice. There's no clear. Uh, I think we're in between business models as an industry, and there is no clear right or wrong way to do things right now. So it's a bit scary, you know, having being a completely independent entity here. Scary, but at the same time, do you feel like there's part of it that, like, the digital world especially is your playground? I mean, the viral marketing thing with Year Zero, I felt like a kid opening up a cereal box with a decoder. I mean, I was out looking for stuff and going into bathrooms looking for disk drives, and I just it was really fun for me as a fan. What was it like for you to put a lot of that stuff together? That was probably the most rewarding experience I've had in music. You know, was being able to uh, take this story that I'd written and album and it ties into it and be able to translate that into something that became just like you said uh, something that me as a fan would love to discover you know and the real the sad reality of that is the only way that could have happened was from being on a record label because there was a big budget for that album i didn't spend it making the record i did it on a laptop so i took the budget and i put it into this cool thing you know and w- without a label there's no big budget and in a climate where nobody wants to pay for anything music and ticket sales are hurting I think because of the economy and everything else there's no sum of money to draw into to do cool things like that so I think the scale changes will still be cool stuff but that was a that was a fun one to do is that one of the reasons why you decided to put out the slip for free or was that the plan all along the slip kind of came about as a surprise to everybody including me I, mean, I was just working on a single to get it ready for the tour and pretty soon unexpectedly there was a flurry of creativity and a full album was finished and what I didn't want to do because I was come out asking you for money, money again we just put out ghosts a couple months earlier we were about to ask you for tickets and I didn't want to act like I'm just badgering you for cash so I figured just give this one away it's treated as promotional 
the tour. Because without a record label, everything is in one pile now. So touring, publishing records, all, it's all the same thing now. So I have the ability to do that. And was it the right thing to do? I think so. You know, is it a solid business plan for the future? Probably not. But it was reflective of what I felt was right at that time. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those. It was it was just great from you know being in the radio industry and knowing how it works. It, it was one of those things where you get a call and tomorrow you're getting a brand new Nine Inch Nails song. We don't even know what it sounds like, but you're getting it, and it just seemed like such a buzzworthy genius thing to go about it and you know bring bleed some new life into the the industry as a whole and kind of start things up again. You know, well, I'll tell you as an artist, what's incredibly exciting about it is you know when you're on a record label. You finish a song or an album, and it does something that takes several months for whatever they do, you know, to, I don't know what record labels do that makes it take so long to come out, other than manufacturing, but there's a several months gap between when you turn it in and people finally get to hear it, and now that gap is ruined by, it always leaks at some point. So you miss that big um, peak of interest, you know, if there was such a thing as Tower Records, they wouldn't say open at midnight to put out a record that everybody that wants to hear it's already stolen from the internet. <laughs> you know, so being able to release your own thing digitally like that is it's wildly exciting. With the slip, I remember we finished the song, last song, drove it over to mastering, and the very next day it was out for everybody to listen to. Well, Trent, you know, we knew we were doing this interview with you, and so uh, yesterday we asked a bunch of our listeners to come up with some questions they've always wanted to ask you because, quite frankly, we were afraid we were going to screw this whole thing up and piss you off in some way. We wanted uh, to get some questions uh, answered by our listeners, so if you wanted uh, to, we we got a couple rapid-fire ones for you if you're down for it. Sure. Uh, one of our listeners thinks you're an absolute god and wants to know if you're a fan of sushi or not. I am an absolute god, and I am a fan <laughs> of sushi. <laughs> Good man. Cut right to the chase here. A, a lady, a lady wanted to know what does Trent go to bed sleeping in? I mean, I prefer that one finds that out on their own, but generally, it's a, uh, a fairly naked situation. Oh, you just made this girl's life, yeah. Trent. Yeah, good work. You have no idea. Uh, another one that's very fairly familiar with your body work wanted to know what what actually motivated you to put out Ghosts and make an instrumental disc. The only inspiration behind that was simply I'd finished a long tour and being on tour kind of makes me antsy because it's physically tiring but it's usually pretty mentally stale. It's not the most creative time usually because you're doing the same thing every time. I finished uh, what was it, Year Zero tour mostly outside of the U.S. and I really felt like making something new but I didn't want to kick into some very heavy Year Zero Part 2 type cerebral project. So I'd realize when I sit down in the studio, behind any instrument, stuff just starts to come out. If I'm not thinking about it, just subconsciously, music, some kind of soundtrack starts playing. And I thought, just take a finite amount of time, record these things, and see what happens. And that's what Ghost was. There was no master plan. There was no... I didn't sit down thinking I'm going to make a four-CD instrumental magnum opus. Right. I want to do something that feels natural and... Instead of from the part of my brain that overthinks everything, just from the other side. And that's what came out. It was a fun record to make, and it was an enjoyable process. Another one of our listeners wants to know if you have any plans after music. What do you want to do when you're finished recording? There's a bunch of other things I'd like to do. You know, that um, uh, some things in the world of film or television, as well as, and I don't mean acting, but writing and creating, as well as software development. So those are things that interest me that... 
I'm going to start putting more focus into just because I'm nothing against music and it's always my first passion. But I need to kind of break up my routine a little bit. These last few years have been tour, 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 record, tour, tour, record, record. You know, I kind of need to uh, become human a little bit again. Speaking of software, one of our listeners also wants to know if you play World of Warcraft at all. I don't mean to disappoint on that front, but I have not opened that can of worms. So we can't see you in one of the commercials of Mr. T anytime soon? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question, man. You know, I've seen you a couple of times in concert, and I'm definitely looking forward to Monday night at the Idaho Center. Um, but I, I noticed that one thing that maybe, uh, and you could set me straight on this, but it seems to drive you nuts, is when people come and they kind of shoegaze. They're not into your show. You really like it when people come out and are into it and want to have a good time. Is that right? Well, I think a band... Certainly our band, and I would assume most bands feed off uh, the energy of the audience. And the, you know, the way most of our shows are set up in a way that I can... Usually we're lit from behind so I can see the audience, and I can also tell when people are bored or not paying attention. But I really think with this show, you know, I, I kind of mouthed off on our website yesterday that um, I think this is the best show of the year. I mean, I know it is. I've seen a bunch. I've heard what people say. And I don't mean to sound arrogant, but we've put so much more thought and effort into this thing. And it's a pretty interesting spectacle. And smart, and it, I don't think it looks like anything else, and it doesn't sound like anything else, and it's, it's what it is. So I don't worry about the shoegazing this time. You know, the only excuse for shoegazing is you've gone into some kind of seizure from the strobe lights. <laughs> Awesome, man. Yeah, we've seen the video. We're definitely looking forward to Monday. It's going to kick a whole lot of ass, and we're happy as hell you're coming back to Boise. It was about two years since you've been here, so we're looking forward to seeing you on Monday. You have a safe trip, man, and thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Whoa! We just talked to Trent Reznor. Yeah. And I didn't screw it up! No. Good job, buddy. And uh, thank you to all the listeners who submitted questions yesterday. It it really helped us out, and it sounded like Trent had fun with it. He seemed entertained. He did. It's the morning after with Nick and Big J. Go to the Nine Inch Nails show on Monday at the Idaho Center. You will be entertained of that, I can promise you. Pop culture smackdown on the way. So is the brand new head coach of the Boise who burn. His name is Brent Winters. We'll talk to him this morning as well. It's the X-Rocks. Uh, I can't believe my summer tan is fading.